0: Every day of our lives is spent in the built environment. We live in homes and apartments, drive on roads, get gas from pipelines, go to work in buildings, make purchases in stores and restaurants. We rely on factories, plants, doctor's offices, and hospitals for our basic human needs. And while our world continues to shift and grow and change, the development and delivery of the built environment has fallen dramatically behind. Welcome to the Built Revolution. We're here to engage the leaders, visionaries, and innovators who are revolutionizing the built environment. This podcast is brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. Welcome to the Built Revolution. This is Kelsey Henderson, president of Continuum Advisory Group, and joining me today is Howard Ashcraft. Howard is a partner with Hanson Bridget, and today we're talking about integrated project delivery and the legal side of construction. Um, Recently, the blend of lean construction with integrated project delivery and then the contracting methodologies that support that are really hot topics in our industry, and everyone seems to have a lot of questions about those. So I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today, Howard, so that I can pick your brain a little bit.
1: Thank you, Kelsey. Happy to be here.
0: So will you tell our listeners just a little bit about your background? Why uh, construction law of all of the different directions you could have gone?
1: Well, I can blame my wife for that. (laughs) Essentially, uh, when I I, uh, graduated from law school, I started working as a uh, young lawyer at a law firm. And my wife had actually worked there um, as a paralegal. And during the summer, a number of people in the construction group uh, had me work on assignments and... uh, had apparently liked the work and asked me to work with them and i asked her should i work with those people and she said you know that's the best place to work in that firm and so i started doing construction work and then this was back in 1979 and then looking back at it since my undergraduate background uh, covered everything from geology environmental earth sciences engineering architecture um, the hard, most of the hard sciences. It turned out my background fit very well with what I was doing and I enjoyed it a lot. And there you are.
0: Awesome. So from there, what led you to integrated project delivery? And, you know, backing up even a little, maybe you could give some sort of an overview of that just briefly, you know, how IPD contracts differ from traditional contracts and then what you're doing in that space.
1: Well, IPD contracts, actually differ in a very fundamental uh, basis in terms of the business model that's used uh, the governance model and how those are actually expressed in the contract I tend to look at IPD essentially as a virtual organization which is aligned to the project and so we take a we don't look at individual outcomes we look at how we actually optimize the entire project Now, how I got there uh, actually had to do with technology. Back, oh, well, 15, maybe even 20 years ago, I was uh, working with a technology which was then known as object-oriented CAD, and I had done quite a bit of programming, actually, and so when this first started coming up in the design and construction er area, I started looking at the software and starting to think about the implications of that software on how we would work. And what became very clear to me, especially uh, leaning back on my programming experience and database design experience, was that we had to integrate at a very early stage, not just the designers, but also the contractors, uh, the facility managers, the owners, users, anyone who is going to draw information out of uh, the then common data store and that the way we organize projects in fact made that very difficult to impossible. So essentially object-oriented CAD which is now referred to as building information modeling led me to believe that in fact we actually had to change the way we worked if we wanted to use that technology to the extent that we thought was possible. Once I crossed that threshold, I started looking at and by the way with a number of other people, started looking at other ways you could deliver projects. And along the way I discovered that there was massive inefficiency in design and construction. And the lean community has focused on trying to reduce that. And I also got very heavily involved in sustainability and high performance buildings and high performance design, all of which required a deep early involvement of a broad range of participants. And so the set, first thing we were trying to accomplish was to find an appropriate way to have this level of collaboration or operate very early in a project. You can't do it with design bid build. It tends not to happen on a lot of CM at risk projects. You can do some, uh, but it's only start when you start getting into uh, uh, pure design build, not bridging design build, and IPD that this really becomes possible. and so. IPD was developed as a way to actually empower collaboration.
0: That's really interesting. So, I mean, we've been talking about um, the need for collaboration and improved relationships and that sort of thing really for decades now. I mean, you know, partnering became popular in the early 90s, um, and we've still struggled with really actually driving change and, and contracting and then operating with our partners in a truly different way. What do you think needs to happen for our industry to really change, to really turn that page?
1: You know, actually, Kelsey, you talked about a decade. You can actually go back and find studies 40 years ago wow. that said we need to fundamentally change. And there was a series of studies by the uh, uh, the British government. There was a series of studies by Kurt. And more recently, in 2016, a series of studies by the World Economic Forum, and they all basically say the same thing, which is that we need to re- reduce the fragmentation in the industry. Mm-hmm. We need to use a different business model. We need, need, need to use technology uh, better. And the real question is the one you were coming to is, well, why haven't we done it if we've known for 40 years what we need to do? And part of the reason is is up until recently no one wants no one wants to actually modify the basic structure. Mm -hmm. So as long as you keep everyone in the individual contracts and some can win and some can lose and you measure them based upon their success, based on how well they comply with the requirements of their individual contracts. If you allow people to make claims as a way of dealing with problems when they arise, And if you don't tie people together in a joint organization, you're really not gonna get change. You might get minor improvement, but you're not gonna get fundamental change. And so one of the things we uh, decided, a number of us decided early on is that uh, you don't get change by tweaking. I think it was Einstein which said, you can't use the thinking that got you here, this is paraphrased, to solve your current problem. So we Mm -hmm. had to do something fundamentally different. And that's really, um, we changed the business. In IPD, we changed the business model. We changed the governance model. We changed the liability model. All of which are to create an opportunity to have the deep early collaboration needed for high-performance projects.
0: Yeah. It's really exciting, you know, when you think about it. I mean, it it really is a fundamentally different model. So... I was with you know an owner client earlier this week, and as I said, kind of introducing this, there are so many questions that come up on a regular basis when I'm talking with others in the industry about IPD, about lean construction, about integrated forms of agreement, but I was sitting with this client and we were talking about his organization's journey with Lean IPD, and they've you know had some real success over the past few years making significant changes in how they select their partners, how they collaborate on projects. But, you know, he was expressing a little bit of frustration because he just said that he felt that they were never, as an organization, going to get to the point where they had an IFOA in place on a project, that that just wasn't something that he thought was even feasible in his lifetime. And, you know, I I hear that sort of frustration so often, and it it typically seems like the push for integrated project delivery, for doing things in a different way, is led by somebody who's kind of on the engineering or, or the construction side of the business and then they, they really struggle with getting support and buy-in from the purchasing and the commercial side of the business to make those real changes that you were talking about, to actually change that structure. Um, what, what's your experience with kind of breaking down that barrier? And how have you or your clients had success in, in getting that buy-in and changing the approach?
1: Well, we've clearly seen that problem. Um, but we've also had projects where, by the way, where uh, purchasing has been in the lead. So it's, it's not uh, inherently this is a purchasing or a legal problem. And a lot of times they're actually allies. But it can be a problem. And what we found is that we you need to basically get all of the key stakeholders, those people who will be involved in a decision to go forward, and you need to deal with them pretty much all at the same time early on. And that's a lot of education and training. Mm-hmm. There's quite a bit of data you can look at. Uh, and it actually starts making a lot of sense if you actually sit and talk and walk people through it. Once you do, my experience is that you 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 can convince uh, people at least to let you try. And then once you've done a pilot, build off of that success. And once you actually under explain, I'll give you an example of a basic. Almost everything in the design and construction industry has profit as a percentage of something. So whether it's labor, material, equipment, subcontracts, we tend to mark up profit. And if you stop and think about that for a moment, that means that in order to make more profit, you actually have to sell more. Yet if the whole concept is to be efficient, that's exactly what you, that's exactly the wrong incentive. So if you change the structure to having a fixed profit and agree to pay the costs, then you create a, a structure where the incentive is to improve your margin by reducing your costs while holding your, your profit steady add to that that if you can actually create generate savings, you might actually use a part of shared savings to increase the profit. You now have created an incentive for that, incentive for efficiency, and you've created an incentive for people to, to invest in a higher level performance, whether that's buying better equipment, better systems, in, uh, investing in software, investing in training, none of which existed under the traditional project management system. And when you actually can kind of explain concepts like that to people, it starts making sense. And there's very little in IPD that isn't just common sense. It just happens to be different from what we normally do.
0: Yeah, you mentioned you know that there's a lot of data around the success, and I've heard you speak at various events before, and. I'm curious what your, you know, your most recent statistic is. I, I've heard you say things about, you know, the number of contracts um, that you've been involved with, and then, you know, the very, very low rates of those which have ever even gone to like mediation. What's your current well, statistic on that?
1: Well, our current statistic is we're somewhere in the range of 150 pure IPD projects we've structured. Um, might be one or two less than that, but it's around that number, and. By pure IPD, I mean a project where you have multiple parties signing the same contract, uh, profit is uh, divorced from uh, the level of effort, in other words, we agree to a fixed profit ahead of schedule, um, that cost is not capped, uh, but profit is not guaranteed, that change orders are limited, and that we jointly manage the project, and that there are waivers of liability amongst the parties. With that, the general definition of an IPD project. Said we've done somewhere in the range of 150 of those we have yet to have any of them even go to mediation which would be the first step of dispute resolution i do know of one project that went to mediation and not every project's been a you know a a a sparkling success but um the projects overall have done very very well uh there have been very few that that um where the team has had a uh, as, as in a situation of potentially not making profit. So my, our data is good, but the data to really look at is University of Minnesota's data or mm-hmm. some information on a Penn State. So there are other researchers who've looked at a broad range of projects and they pretty much come to the same conclusion we have.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Do you think it's right for every project?
1: No. Um, we recently completed a manual for the Pancow Foundation, also supported by the Center for Innovation in the Design and Construction Industry and the Integration, Integrated Project Delivery Alliance Canada, um, called IPD, uh, an Action Guide for Leaders. It's available, by the way, freely from the websites of those organizations.
0: Yeah, I'll um, <laughs> share a link for that also in the notes that go with this podcast, because yeah. it's a great document.
1: Anyway, the first step of that, the first part of it, a chunk that actually I wrote was, is IPD right for you? Are you right for IPD and is IPD right for your project? And if a project is uh, very straightforward uh, and has very little opportunity for optimization and has few parties involved, then it's not that you couldn't do it IPD, you could but there's really very little benefit you could Mm -hmm. probably do that design build for instance or use another project delivery method perfectly well on whether or not ipd is right for you really has to do with whether or not your organization is capable of operating in a highly collaborative environment and we uh in the that guide we spent some time talking about what owners need to think about if they're going to do this and what other parties are going to need to think about, you know, are these things we can really do? Can an owner really, you know, the analogy I often use is that IPD is like a high-performance sports car and can do remarkable things, but you have to know how to drive. And so if, in fact, you can't drive, then giving you a car doesn't do you a lot of good. And, so, and there are owners that, for one reason or the other really either don't have the staff or don't have the capability to engage in an IPD project, mm-hmm. uh, they can, uh, by the way, they can hire consultants to do some of it for them, but the engagement in the with the team and the decision-making is not something you can delegate.
0: Yeah, I, I think in a successful IPD project, it actually requires more involvement from the owner than, than in a traditional project.
1: There's also a book, you know, a textbook, which I co-wrote called Integrating Project Delivery, um, available, uh, published by Wiley in 2017. And chapter two of that book is basically interviews with owners. And the interesting thing is, on the issue, does it take more effort from an owner? I, about a third, a third, a third say, yes, it does. No, it doesn't. And it's the same work, but it's different work. So (laughs) we ended up so I have I have no clear answer on whether it takes more work, but most of the owners did say that in fact instead of spending time working on change orders, processing change orders, figuring out who's responsible, who gets back charged, they're just focused on getting the project done and they're spending mm-hmm. more time uh, focusing on design decisions and how to move forward than how to clean up the problems on the project. So that was pretty much uniform. But whether or not it took more effort or less effort, uh, I have both answers from different owners.
0: <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so I've seen some resistance on the contractor side as well. I've had you know various owners that we work with Um, run into some challenges with getting their existing set of contractors to be willing to even explore this. What are some of the concerns that you usually hear on that side and, you know, how would you address those?
1: Well, one of the first concerns is someone will will say, do you mean my profit could go down if someone else did something wrong? And the answer is yes. Uh, And people say, well, that's not fair. And in fact... Oh, I understand that fairness argument. However, if you actually have everybody and the, the argument that we usually make with people and eventually get them to accept is that if everybody is, is, is watching out for everyone else and has an interest in everyone else's performance, the likelihood of failure goes down and that benefits everybody. A project which goes bad is bad. Even if you can point your finger at someone generally goes bad for everybody. The second thing that people object to is they say, you mean I'm going to have to show my data, my financial data? I'm going to have to be transparent on this project? And that um, usually lasts one project. second IPD project, they don't care at all. First IPD project, that's that's an issue which comes up. We have a project in Arizona where the, the various trade contractors were very concerned about showing data because they uh, would compete with each other on others. When the project was extremely successful and they made 2x profit, they no longer cared about transparency. Yeah. The the more significant and I think real issue is that with trade contractors particularly, IPD is a cost-based system. And if all you've done is lump sum work, you may not have the accounting systems in place to actually track your costs accurately. And we have found that with some trade contractors, they just don't really have the capability. By the way, this would be the same problem in a CM at risk GMP project, uh, any cost-based project. But the cost ba- cost accounting system uh, process is can be difficult for some small uh, contractors to be able to handle, uh, so that's you know that's a valid problem. If they don't have the systems in place, they need to get them in place in order to do this kind of project.
0: Right, and and comes back to that question of you know is IPD right for you or or are you right for it?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: So if you know someone in an owner organization is considering making that sort of a shift, and they you know they want to try to implement integrated project delivery. What's their first step? What would you suggest for them?
1: Well, there's two things. We wrote the guide in part specifically for owners to be able to look and see what do I have to do if I've made this decision? So that would be a good place to look. The second thing I think that is useful is to talk to other owners who are going who have either gone through the transition or are going through the transition and find out why they did it, what their problems were, uh, what you can learn from their experiences, and most of the owners are pretty open about talking about that. And then, um, or in conjunction with that, you probably need uh, someone to help you evaluate all of your options, uh, what structures you can use, what structures you can't use. So I would get a hold of somebody who had a significant amount of experience in IPD projects uh, to be a guide, uh, at least on getting your first project started. Mm-hmm. so I would do it in about that order
0: okay that's helpful so other than having you know a good contract in place what makes integrated project delivery work?
1: oh I can't do this on a podcast but one of my examples is I make martinis and hand them out and the reason why I do that is to point out that IPD is not a thing it's a cocktail and You need the IPD agreement, um, but you can think of that as the glass. But you need to put something in the glass or you have no cocktail. So we need to start focusing on actually putting in processes and procedures, uh, generally borrowing heavily from the, the lean community in terms of how we're going to execute the project. And then you need to actually focus on some of the systems and technology you are going to use, which is the olive in my example. Mm-hmm. And then you actually have to focus on collaboration. So you need to basically hand out the martinis to other people too, because uh, it, it's a collaborative process. So you can't just focus on one thing. In integrating project delivery, we basically laid out an entire framework called the Simple Framework of the pieces you need to put together, and they're a combination of structure, uh, integrated information, integrated organization, um, integrated process knowledge. All of this has to come together in order to get to the high performance building, high performance project. And so you really can't just focus on one thing.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um- So, you know, another one of those kind of high-level questions. If you could pick a single thing, just one thing in our industry to change, what would it be?
1: I would probably focus on fragmentation and uh, individual optimization, because I think that takes you completely down the wrong road.
0: That makes sense. Um, And, you know... This has been, obviously, as we talked about, kind of a long time coming to really get to this point where we're approaching projects in a very different way. What do you think the future looks like? You know, in in 50 years, what does this look like? And what advice would you give to the next generation of leaders coming into that environment?
1: Well, my first advice is to myself, is never try to predict what will happen in 50 years. But the the second thing is that there are certain things I, I feel confident will happen. One, we need a much closer level of collaboration with everyone in the industry. So whether it's IPD or something else, we have to figure out a way to collaborate effectively. And currently IPD happens to be the best system for using for putting multiple parties into a highly collaborative uh, framework. But recognize that there are people going out and doing robotic, uh, robotic framing there's, uh, uh, artificial intelligence systems coming in. There are firms going for forms of vertical integration and, uh, manuf- uh, manufactured buildings. Uh, and I'm not really talking about prefab. I'm talking about going well beyond that. So there are a lot of things happening in the industry, which are, um, uh, which I think will have an, uh, some profound effects. And those are operating at the same time as we're trying to optimize existing project delivery, which is what IPD is, is sort of optimizing the pieces we currently have. We're going to have to integrate those new pieces, or those new pieces will become something completely different. So I think you really have to look at uh, the impact of some of the new technologies Mm -hmm. and how those are going to affect the way we work. We also have severe labor shortages, um, which also tie into the technology piece but in the final analysis whether it's one company or a dozen companies or 50 companies we're going to have to find a way to collaborate more effectively and I think that that is really where we're going whether you want to go for lean technology sustainability you're going to have to collaborate and that part will definitely come exactly what it'll look like I'm not sure I've got the courage to predict that
0: hmm awesome howard is there anything else that you would like to share before we wrap up today
1: one one small closing comment interestingly enough i've been speaking a lot in in europe recently and there is a growing interest in europe in this this form of project delivery and in fact there there will be a upcoming uh federally funded in germany report which is actually going to base, which from talking to the, the researchers is going to be suggesting lean IPD for, for public uh, infrastructure. So this is actually not just a U.S. or North American phenomenon. It's a phenomenon around the world.
0: That's so exciting. Well, thank you again for being here and for taking the time to share your knowledge and some information on integrated project delivery and integrated forms of agreement with our listeners. Really appreciate it. It was great to talk to you.
1: All right. Thanks, Kelsey.
0: Thanks for listening to the Built Revolution Pod brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. Continue the conversation on Twitter at Built Revolution Pod or email us at hello at BuiltRevolutionPod.com. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals being interviewed, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsoring organizations.